Hello, this is Gloria Shumeg and you're listening to Argosian Airwaves. Welcome back to Igosian Airwaves, and I am Shu, your faithful, well, I don't know if that's the right word, but I am your host, and I'm usually here, and today we are back on Zoom because of, because of the virus, of course, we're back on Zoom, and also because our guest today is not anywhere close to me, he's down in College Station, Texas, but our guest today is an expert in a lot of things. Some of them I will never ask him on a recorded podcast, but more than an expert, he's a longtime friend and actual mentor of mine. That's that's how old he is. This is Joel Bratcher, the one and only Joel Bratcher, BSM director, Baptist Student Ministries director at Texas A&M University, home of the Fight Nagies. Welcome to the show, Joel. Thanks, Lance. Good to be with you, man. So. Man, I'm so excited about talking to you. And um, for a lot of reasons, let, let me, I'll let you give your real background because it, for me, it starts at DBU. You were my BSM director at DBU. Mm-hmm. You, you put up with me as the president of the BSM or whatever that was back then. And then the next year after I got out of there, my, my wife, who wasn't my wife yet, Tammy, became your BSM president. And then you married us off, uh, like after she graduated. So there's a lot of history there. You went from DBU to UTA, University of Texas Arlington, for a while. And then you've been at A&M for how long? I've been at A&M. I'm in my 19th year. So. What? Yeah, it's crazy. And see, this is how, like, you know how everybody's basically just it's my world and I don't even think about everything else. All I know about you is that you started at DBU when I was there as a BSM director. I didn't even know you had a life before that. It feels like you were kind of born at DBU and you, you were born as a BSM director. So like, what's your background? I do know this, that you're from Muleshoe, Texas, right? That's right. right. You grew up there? Yeah, I did. I, uh, I was, uh, I was actually adopted. I was born in Fort Worth and my really? parents adopted me when I was just a baby. And so I did. I grew up in the garden spot of West Texas, beautiful Muleshoe, Texas. Muleshoe, so. Texas. Now, our, our audience, a lot of them have no idea where Muleshoe is. And so here's what we like to do. We like to help them understand that by telling them how far that is from Panhandle, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know where Panhandle is? Panhandle's at the very top, isn't it? It's well, not, actually, it's, not. it's, it's right Southeast of Amarillo. So oh, okay. well, how then, far is Muleshoe from Panhandle and which probably way? Probably about 70 miles from Panhandle. 70 miles and, and Muleshoe is further West, right? Yeah, North a little bit West. West. It's almost on the New Mexico border. So South of Tex line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. It's kind of, kind of makes a triangle with Lubbock and Amarillo. So. Okay, that, that'll help our audience to know how far it is from Panhandle. That always puts it right in the right spot. And there's a statue of a mule right it's in the nas- heart. It's actually a national monument, Miles. I mean, it's just um, um, old Pete, old Pete the, the mule. So. <laughs> That's a- and, and the mule was actually in um, George W. Bush's inauguration parade. So. What? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the statue mule? A statue. They took it all the way to Washington, D.C., and he, he was part of it. Old Pete. Almost Joe, called him the wrong name, but yeah. Joe, I knew you were cool, but this is like a whole different level. <laughs> <laughs> how long How long have you been working with college students, Joe? I, really since I finished college. So wow. it's been, yeah, like almost 30 years. Wow. So, That's yeah. awesome. In a long time. Was DBU your first BSM job? It was my first full-time job. I okay. when I finished college, I um, I was planning to go ahead and start grad school, but my BSM director at Whalen had encouraged me to do an internship, and so I spent a year in Houston at uh, San Jack working yeah. on two different campuses there, and then. I spent, um, I started grad school that summer at Texas Tech, but then they asked me to do a second year at Midwestern State in Wichita Falls. And so okay. been a year there. And it was during that year that God really, he just made real clear to me that he wanted me to stay on that path. And so I moved to Fort Worth after that and went to Southwestern. And I worked on community college campuses while I was at Southwestern. And so nice, 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 nice. And then DBU right after that. Yeah. First full-time gig at DBU. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in fact, you were my first student, dude. You you and all those guys. So <laughs> yeah, all those guys is a good way to describe <laughs> them. <laughs> those are good memories, man. Man, yeah. great memories. And yeah, I, I don't want to go into this for obvious reasons, but I don't know if I would have survived some things in college if it weren't for your office and your mentorship. And <laughs> I know I would... Well, I still don't understand women, but I would not have even a clue if it weren't for all of your help all those years. And uh, those are some really, really good times. Well, you, you worked out the woman deal pretty well. You married about as well as you can. So. Yeah, I, I won some kind of lottery, but uh, yeah, <laughs> some of that was you helping me and Dr. Gregory rebuking uh, me yeah. and all kinds of things. But yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was good. Yeah. So Joel, you know, I mean, you and I talk all the time, you know, we, we, we stay in touch and that's, that's been a cool thing, but you know enough about IGO and how we are a mission organization. We're trying to help students live on mission. We, we try to come alongside churches, but really we're, we're, it's disciple making it's, it's discipleship. And what we want to see is students owning their faith, living out their faith, and then being able to share their faith. And so Here's why I, I really wanted you on the podcast and I was really excited because our audience is students for sure, but it's also youth ministers. A lot of youth ministers, I think, listen to this. And when I say a lot, I mean at least two. And <laughs> I, we want to help them. We want to help them with the age old question. For as long as I've been involved in youth ministry, this is the question everybody asks is like, how do we, how do we get our students not to graduate from their faith when they get out of youth ministry? When they go to college, how do we prepare them to live out their faith and share their faith? Because that is their faith. They've owned that faith. And so I love the idea that you're going to give us some insight into that, that you're going to speak on the other side. Sometimes we just sit around as youth ministers like, well, I don't know, how should we do this? Well, you see college students come in and you see them do great and you see them crash and burn and you see them in the middle. And I just, I just love that. And so I want to stop talking and let you talk. And I want to just kind of throw a, throw a question. Like, wh what do you see maybe characteristics or some kind of preparation that you know that has gone on when a student comes in and they transition well, they, they come in 
and they, they live their faith out and they, they, they know how to share it. It's their faith. What, what, what kind of student do you see that comes in like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's an awesome question. I, and I'll say this too, man, I love youth ministers and I appreciate deeply what they do because they have incredibly challenging jobs and for sure. And, um, but man, what, what they do makes a huge difference. And you're exactly right. I see, I see, uh, there's a profound difference in, in students that come from a place where they've been nurtured well and, and trained and equipped. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of things I'd say, uh, number one, just who the youth minister is, is so important in their leaders. So just being people of integrity that are consistent, hmm. that are relational, that, that live it out because so many, so many youth grew up in families where even their own parents haven't been consistent sure. and, and, and maybe have really done stupid things. And so it's a, it's a huge deal for a youth, you know, junior high, high school kid that's growing up and they have someone in their life that they respect and they, and they trust their integrity. So that's the first thing I'd say there. And there's no getting around that. It is that that's pivotal. Um, mm. And I think probably youth ministers don't even realize how much um, their students value them and need them to be people, you know, to have good marriages, to be truthful, to just live above reproach and, and be the real deal. So that that's one thing I'd say. Um, I love that, Joe. Let me jump in. Like <laughs> nobody thinks about that, right? We think about what we need to do, what we need to teach, what we need to say, how we, what events we need to plan first. But that's, I mean, kids, so many kids come from broken homes, dysfunctional homes, all these different kinds of things. And so there's this one constant, it should be, here's, here's this guy, or this gal that's different and living by that different standard. That is really, really good. Thanks for saying that. No, it's, it's just huge. I, I've got a student and, um, just crazy, crazy background. He loves his youth minister, but about three years ago, his youth minister had a failure and it, it just devastated. It yeah. dev and this, this guy's already graduated. He came to Simi's 23 and he's like, I, you know, anyway, so that, that's so big. It's so, so big. Um, so that's, that's one thing I would say. I think, I think another thing that is really pivotal that I see students, if they come out of youth ministries where the youth minister has done a really good job of bringing other adults in with them that, um, that are consistent, that love the Lord, but also are gospel-centered and using those people as mentors with their kids, it makes a big difference because a, a good youth ministry is going to grow and it, and it becomes bigger than one person can handle and they need other people. But I think, I think being really, really wise about who you allow to become mentor to your, your students is, hmm. is big and, um, you know, screening them well, but also, you know, making sure there's training going on and that kind of thing. Because again, the, the thing with students, we all know this, I mean, relationships are everything. They're everything. Yeah. Their, their peer relationships, but even the relationships with mentors, and they're desperately looking for mentors. Um, high school and, and college students are no different. They're, they're yeah. still looking for the same thing. So that's one thing I observed that those that do well with bringing people in and, and, and nurturing those people well, it, it makes a big difference. And um, that relation, relational part. The um, you know, the other thing, too, is just good discipleship, <laughs> you know, things like, you know, teaching a student how to keep a prayer journal, 
keep teaching them basic basic spiritual disciplines of how to look back in that prayer journal and recognize when God's answered prayer, mm -hmm. teaching their kids to begin praying for friends that don't know the Lord yet, and, and being very strategic and very um, just nuts and bolts in some way. But yeah. that kind of stuff is huge. I, I think another thing that's really, really huge in the discipleship process is helping junior high and high school kids learn how to study the Bible inductively and how to, how to ask good questions about a text of scripture, because there's so much bad Bible study that goes on in sermons. And if you, you know, if we can teach, if we can teach our students how to do that, man, we're giving them an amazing gift that opens the door for God's spirit yeah. to work. So I, I just think things like that are, are really, really pivotal and those basics and, um, teaching them those basics and not, not out of a sense of duty, but out of a, a sense of, uh, I love God and this is one way I open my life to him. And so it's a, uh, it's a very natural and um, response to, you know, to his love. So those are, those are some of the things that I think are really important that help them develop that foundation. The other thing that I would say that's huge are giving them the right kind of experiences. Hmm. And I think that, I mean, Okay, so you teach you teach your students how to read the Bible and study inductively. Well, teach them how to lead a Bible study with their friends. Yeah. You know, partner, if you've got some, if you've got kids that go to one high school together, pull them together and strategize and say, what can we do together to make a dent in your school for Christ? Yeah. And begin begin to coach them. Let them be actively involved in that. Help them be behind them, but let them go for it, man. They'll learn so much. They'll oh, yeah. learn so much. And when they start sharing their faith, when they get out there, and even if they stumble and fall, man, their faith is going to go so much deeper. And they're going to say, this, this is mine, man. Yeah. And I, I'm living out my faith. And I'm, you know, it may not be perfect, but I'm doing it. And they're, they will go from level five to level 10 in about half a day. It just, it makes all the difference. It, and so, you know, so we equip them, but we mobilize them, even, even, even in junior high, man, for that matter. Yeah. I, and so I think, I think we teach our kids to think strategically, you know, how do I, and, and it starts with the people right around me first, mm -hmm. you know, and so really good youth ministries that they, they do that. And they, you know, cause we're, I mean, we, we live in a world that's very selfish. We're always reading our world. You know, it's all about us. And so we have to, that, those are ways that we begin to teach them, you know, to do, to do other things. I think the other thing too, and you and I, we've talked a lot about this. And one reason that I'm so thankful um, for what you do, Lance, and with IGO is because you really, there aren't enough people doing what you do, but experiences where you help um, your students begin to connect cross-culturally are enormous. They're just enormous. I mean, you look in our world, it's becoming more and more diverse. That's just how it is. And it's going to become more that way. Yeah. So part of our discipleship has to be teaching our students, how do you engage with someone, you know, from a different ethnicity, different religion, all those different kinds of things, because you know, we know that we, we teach them the core gospel message, but you have to, you, it's like being, we have to teach them to be missionaries. Yeah. You know, how do we, how do we begin to understand this person out of a Hindu background, even though they may be second generation, how do I begin to understand that and be respectful and listen well and gain enough insight that I can find inroads for the gospel? 
yeah. and most to share my faith. And, and that has to start early. It just does, man. That has to, honestly, it really needs to start, you know, when kids are young. And so I think those kind of experiences, um, you know, we're just talking about you're taking, you're working with, in fact, one of our fellow college ministers here taking students to work with refugees in Houston. Oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, what a great opportunity. Um, we, we do that with our students all the time in Dallas and Houston, working with refugees, but youth ministers, if you're anywhere close to major cities, especially in Texas, it is wide open, man. Absolutely. Wide open. And I'm telling you, man, you take a student and, and they spend a week or a weekend working with South Asians, working with people from all around the world, they're going to come back different. God is going to grab their heart and because that's his heart. And you put and you put your kids in that kind of position, and God's spirit will do His work, and uh, and they'll be different. And so, uh, we had a we took a group um, one day last week and had a bunch of freshmen, and it was so cool to see them come back. And they're like, you know, they're fired up, man. They're like, hey, we, we want to start a we want to start a meal for Muslim students. We want, you know, it's yeah. like one one day, man. So anyway, those are the kind of things that I think is we're thinking about investing in our students we can be so intentional and and it's obvious i mean you can do a tri like a trip with ago you know you might take a group to japan and that's amazing they're they're kids that grew up with my boys and with you on trips like that yeah but but even kids they don't have a chance to do that they can go to dallas or houston and they'll be impacted and Absolutely. so yeah I, I think those are the kind of things and and it's and god's been so good man he's brought the world to us and especially Absolutely. in the world is here and it, it's remarkable. That's one reason I love college ministry in Texas. I mean, there, there's almost no school that doesn't have international students. Right. Amazing opportunities. So, right. anyway, right. so I get really passionate about, about that, but those, you know, those, and, and I'd even go this far to say like my own son, he's a freshman in college. Well, last year as a senior, he and I were, he, he wanted to engage more with internationals. And so we were kind of brainstorming. So he had an idea. He goes, well, what if I go talk to the English teacher that works with students that are learning English to see if I can volunteer? Cause he had an extra class period. Well, the teacher was, well, yeah, man. <laughs> so she, he brought, she brought him in and he ended up working with a guy from Guatemala and he was helping teach him English. And it was amazing. Lance over six months, Jonathan's heart just I could just see it beginning to shift and change and sure. pretty soon I mean this guy and his brothers are over at our house they uh you know it, it made a huge difference in his life you know and that was in his that's at College Station High School so I think I think youth minister youth ministers and their leaders they need to look for those kind of opportunities yeah because man if you help your students start doing that kind of ministry in high school or junior high uh, they're not going to want to go back. Right. They're not. They, they've moved to another level. They're doing the kind of stuff that's kingdom minded and, and they're, they're, they're going to love that taste and they won't want to go back. And yeah. So they they're, see they're the, yeah. They see the whole world differently. Absolutely. I mean, you cannot, you cannot do that. You cannot go to Fort Worth or Houston and work with refugees from all over the world and not see the world differently. And you're seeing it through the, through God's eyes, you're seeing the way he sees it, how, how much he loves the world, he created the diversity and all that. And yeah, it's, it's so huge. And like you said, the whole world's come here, the world's becoming more and more diverse. And, and that's never 
more apparent than on a college campus. You know, the world is all over our college campuses. So it prepares them for that. And yeah. I love so many, so many things that you said. There's so much good stuff. We could just double tap, double click on all of them. Like that whole pushing them to lead, push, you know, I love first that you said it's just the basics. It's not, it's not, it's not finding something new. Let's focus on the basics. Do, do your students know how to pray? And do your students know how to read and study the Bible? But then pushing them to lead a Bible study or lead a group, which is real life experience that they're, they need to be able to do. It's so huge. I was talking to a guy yesterday, I actually did a podcast interview yesterday with the youth minister and they did that during quarantine. And he had a Bible reading plan and he made a, a different kid teach a devotion on their social media channel every single day for the Bible reading. And they went through judges with their youth group, which <laughs> I don't know if I'd recommend that to anyone, but that was awesome because <laughs> his kids had to, like yeah. you said, they'll go from this level of five to 10 in a day and a half. Well, yeah. As soon as you realize I've got to, I'm not just reading that today. I've got to go teach it tomorrow. And you know, you know, our philosophy at I goes, we want to, we want to raise up leaders and, and the strategy for that is, and I'm, I'm kind of letting you in on an Igo secret now. <laughs> Our strategy for raising up leaders in, among teenagers is we let them lead. Mm-hmm. Don't, 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 don't. We just let them lead. You said it. Let them make mistakes. Let them pick themselves back up. Be there to help them. Hey, what, what, ha- what do you think went wrong? Let them strategize. Let them think critically. Let students lead. And that, that prepares them because at some point they're going to have to. Absolutely. So good. So good. Absolutely. Yeah. So if, if you're, a, if you're speaking to a student now and we, we have, we have high school students, we have college students, we have students all over the spectrum that have been on trips and because they like, I go, they, they, they tune in maybe to our podcast. Mm-hmm. What, what's a student need to be thinking about to prepare himself or herself to go to college and do these things mm-hmm. um, or maybe maybe a student's in college right now and you can speak to how they they won't waste that experience you know that don't waste your college years because it's it's unbelievably significant and we could talk about that for days um, and I know that there's a lot of pressure there's more pressure ever before on a college student to have a job and an internship with their major and get out and do all this, but like, and it's sometimes hard for a college student to see that you really may never have this much free time again, if you can prioritize and juggle that stuff. So what do do you say to a student that's preparing for college? What do you say to a student that's in college so that they don't waste that, that opportunity? Yeah, that's awesome, Lance. Well, the four years go really fast or five Hmm. years, whatever, it really does go fast. Um, One thing I'd say is, when they're making decisions about where they're going to school and who they're going to connect with, they will end up being defined by who they connect with almost always. Wow. They allow to become part of their inner circle. That's really, really huge. And so it's, uh, you've got to, so you've got to think really, really carefully about that. Um, obviously you want to find Christian community. That's huge, but I'd, I'd go even farther. I'd say, you want to find Christian community that's on mission hmm. and it's not, it's not selfish Christian community. It's not just about us being a huddled group, 
but but a group where I find support and nurture, but it's also going to challenge me to grow and to serve and to engage the campus. And so that's in the world too. Uh, so that that's one thing I'd say. So I think it's really important for them to think carefully about that. Um, because not all places you connect are going to be the same, even within a Christian context. So that that's really important. Um, I think that um, I think going and if they're thinking about different schools, go visit, you know, and not just the college, but go visit campus ministries and look around and see what's mm -hmm. going on. And uh, you know, there are students that choose to go to school places sometimes not just for the major, but maybe because of like they, they feel drawn to work with a people group. Yep. You know, there, there are campuses in Texas that have, you know, they may feel called to work with people from East Asia. Well, they're amazing, play, you know. Yeah. So, you know, so I think those kind of things are really, really important. Um, I think talking to people, talking to friends that are doing it well, people maybe a little bit ahead say, you know, what, what's been the key for you? Hmm. Um, and I, I think the other thing, too, and this is real basic, but when when students when they seek God and his, his purposes for them first, and they're committed to that, he never lets them down. He mm. never does. Right. And, and when they carve out time to invest in his kingdom work, he will always bless them. He always will. Now he may redirect their life and they end up doing something different than they thought, but, but he sure. never, he never lets them down. And all the way through, I, a few years ago, I had a um, really sharp guy. He's a chemical engineering major and, he, uh, I'd talked to him about staying on with us to intern for a year. And uh, he's like, well, I really need to do the job. And anyway, long story short, after a long series of events, he, he stayed and God worked in his life. And it's really cool. He ended up staying two years. And uh, the uh, <laughs> at the end, in the middle, the summer he had off, he ended up getting offered an internship with a company that he's like, oh, that's an awesome company. Well, by the end of the summer, they'd offered him a job for the next year when he finished working with us. Well, during the second year, he ends up um, falling in love with one of the other interns. And so now he's married, you know, but I mean, God, <laughs> yeah. he just told me, he said, Joel, he said, I, I was scared. I was scared to be faithful and follow God where he wanted, but God has been so good, man. It's yeah. like, I had no, I would have missed what he had for me had I not been totally sold out to what he wanted. And, and the Lord's good like that, man. He takes care of us. And so I think that's one thing that um, students can, they can really hold on to, that God has a plan for them. And he wants to, he wants to do more than just help them get a degree. He wants to impact their life deeply while they're in college and use them um, because there's, oh, the opportunities on the college campus are amazing. They really yeah. are. So, so talk, talk about that a little bit, because that we, we had we had all kinds of crazy ministry going on at DBU way back in the day and now you've been at A&M the 19 years and it seems to me like there's this one, one thing I know Joel Bratcher does is he's mentoring students and he's raising up leaders but it seems like there's a real focus in y'all's ministry at Aggie BSM to reach internationals that are on campus so right. What are you guys doing? And and let me say this: I point students to you all the time. I I, I think some of them probably show up and they're too scared to say that I pointed them. You know that that they know better than to go and go and you know, Lance Shoemaker sent me in here. But if you're an Aggie listening to this right now and you haven't connected with Joel and the BSM, like you're missing an opportunity, in my opinion, to 
really, really get right in the middle of international student ministry and reach out to people from other, other countries. So Kelsey, Tiffany, Kenzie, my niece, Kenley, like uh, Grayson, Colton, like you guys that are IGO students that are Aggies, y'all need to get over to the BSM and check that out. And I know I forgot some names and I'm sorry, but y'all just go grab everybody and bring them over there. But what are y'all doing? What, what, what's there for students to get involved with international students and that kind of ministry at Aggie BSM? Yeah, well, thanks, Lance. Yeah, you know, when I, when I was thinking about coming to a and I, I remember visiting here, and the first day on campus, we came to this, the building where we're located, and, and I just saw so many students walking by on a Saturday, and they're from all over the world, man, tons of yeah. Americans, tons of everything, and, and I just remember thinking, wow, what an amazing opportunity, and yeah. so that really, that was one of the things God used to draw me here, but the, um, on our campus, we have we have over six thousand international students. Wow. Um, we have, um, and of course, then there are spouses and kids. I mean, they're just it's a huge international population. We also, we, when it's not COVID time, there are usually over twelve hundred visiting scholars from all around the world. And wow. so, yeah, man. I mean, it's like it's this amazing missions opportunity. Yeah. So I. I've just been real blessed when I was at DBU. I got to work with internationals at UTA the same way. And I've just, and God's allowed me to learn a few things along the way. And so when I came here, I just was like, you know, there's no reason that we can't mobilize our American students to engage these, these other students. And so that's, that's really what we've tried to do. And it's, a, it's an integral part of the discipleship with our American students as well. Um, and so we, it's, I mean, it's not rocket science. We, we just started by saying, well, well, what are some needs that our international friends have? And, you know, and they have a need to sometimes raise their TOEFL scores for grad school, but, you know, English yeah. help. Um, they get here and they have a need for furniture and stuff. So, and we just started doing stuff like offering conversational English classes. We train our American students to do that. And they um, they teach and they do an amazing job, you know. And yeah. a lot of times that will turn into Bible study with them. Uh, we started doing a giveaway every August for internationals for furniture and household goods, and our churches donate all this stuff. And so we'll, you know, things like that start opening doors. You know, we uh, like it's just it's pretty cool. We um, they have they have a huge need for friendship. And yes. Come and. They have, they have so much pressure. Most of our students are grad students and they're high achieving. Most of them are brilliant, but man, the pressure that they carry. And so they have a, they have a deep need to be friends. And, um, and when an American really reaches out to them and in a genuine way, it's incredible what happens. So we offer, we've created, we do community groups where we'll, we get a team of American students, maybe five or so, and then they'll invite international friends and they'll, on a weekly basis, they'll have a meal together and get to know each other. And they spend, and they always target internationals, or not target, that's a bad word. They invite internationals that aren't believers yet for the most yeah. part. And so they just begin doing life together and invariably it begins to open doors for uh, conversations to happen and then Bible study begins to happen and it's um, it's really a cool deal it's a cool deal it, so it goes back to like what you were talking about refugee ministry and how you can do that as a youth take your youth group over there well so much of refugee ministry is befriending like Absolutely. They, they need friends they, they don't have friends and so that prepares you to go to college and then go 
all these internationals, wow, they, they probably need some American friends, you know, which Joel, I'll confess, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't remember how much of a international push you had at DBU because I was pretty clueless, you know, I'm, I'm figuring stuff out myself, but I remember you pushed me to go on that trip to Kazakhstan. Yeah. Yeah. And it changed everything for me, you know, that trip. And I came back and all of a sudden the internationals at DBU weren't an inconvenience or an unknown. They were like, why wouldn't I become friends with them? Yeah. And then I still don't even understand how we did some of the things we did. Uh, you know, like they let us, <laughs> Dallas Baptist University gave me the keys to the security van and just let me drive it. And we loaded it up with internationals and took them to Darren Autry's house and had a bonfire. Yeah. And no, no one could do that today. <laughs> like the liability, but like all of a sudden we became friends with internationals and we started having gospel conversations because we were their friends. And I love what you are doing. And I, I wish more students would would come check that out and get involved, but it's happening everywhere. I know that there's conversational partnerships on the DBU campus. Jonathan's involved in that, I think, you know, like it's DBU, it's A&M, it's tech, it's wherever you want to go. Yeah. These, these opportunities are there. Yeah. And it's, and it, and it's so enriching Lance for our American students. It, It, like you said, it changes their lives. It, you know, my son, Jonathan, he, he'd come to Friday night gatherings we had for Indian students and he loved it, man. He, yeah. he started bringing his friends, you know, and, and so he, when he went to college, he's like, man, I, he goes, I want to, I want to connect with internationals big time. So he, he went with a bunch of Central and South Americans to the Grand Canyon, you know, in November, you know, just, they just went to hang out. He's <laughs> anyway, so, it, but it, it's awesome. just cool, man. It, 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 you know, it's, it's a blessing and, and the potential what, here's the other deal too. International students that come to school in the United States, they're they're really, really smart. I mean, they're usually very gifted. They're yep. they're they're creme de la creme. I, yeah. I remember one, one summer, I'd been at AM maybe five or six years, and one summer I, I helped with an English class one day, and I sit down by this South Korean guy and we start talking, and he's there getting a PhD. Well, he's a really humble guy, and he already had good English, but I, I, I just kind of started probing, trying to figure out what he's doing, and so he um, getting his PhD, but come to find out he'd been involved in government. I said, well, what'd you do? He said, well, he goes, I, I was actually, as a speechwriter. I said, really? I said, well, who, who did you write speeches for? He goes, well, the, the president of South Korea. He was his chief speechwriter, man. I know, and he'd come here to get a PhD in political science. And he, his ambition was to go back and run for office. You know, wow. he's yeah. sitting in English class. It's like, are you kidding me? It's like, what, <laughs> what an opportunity. So, and it's, and it's not just at a and it's like that all over, man. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, mean, you, befriend, got, you befriend one of those kids. Yeah. You become mean, friends with them, share the gospel with them, lead them to faith. Maybe if God allows that, right. And you, who knows, you could change a country. I know, man. We've got it's crazy. We've got three visiting scholars from East Asia that have come to Christ in the mm. past like year, and they're back now, and they're teaching in their classes, yeah. and, and they're they're still communicating, and they're they're trying to find ways to share Christ. You know, yeah. so it, it kind of blows my mind. It's it's an amazing opportunity. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we we just try to find we just try to find those entry points, and um, 
and our, you know, give our, it's the same, we're talking about high school, it's the same thing. If we, if we give our students experiences, God's spirit will take it and run with it, you know, and it, it changes them, so. Okay, so real quick, you're Aggie BSM. If there's a student listening to this right now or a student that's going to be at A&M in the fall or whatever, that's an Aggie, um, how would they connect with you? Do they show up on, do you do something every week that they could come as an entry point? They just need to walk in the door? What, yeah, what, I mean, if they're, um, if they come visit campus, you know, just hop on our website and, you know, yeah. shoot an email, let us know they're coming. They're, they can come by any time. Uh, they can come join if small groups set in on stuff we're doing. And yeah, we'll get, um, yeah. And then yeah. they can they can follow us on Instagram, that kind of thing. And so. Sure. Follow them on the social channels. Joel's. Yeah. Joe's on Snapgram and Instachat all the time, <laughs> all the time. So yeah, you, you got to check this out. Um, you guys know that we preach that, you IGO students know we preach finding a church, find you a church in College Station and, and then get involved in what God is doing on that campus through this we, ministry. We have awesome churches here, man. We, yeah. we work hand in hand with them and they're just, they're just, they're great, great church. That's so. awesome. And then if you're a youth minister and you're listening right now, you got kids at A&M and you ever want help, Joel Bratcher's your guy. Like, I know he's accessible. I know he would love to respond. You look him up on that Aggie BSM. And if you, yeah, you got a student out there that's struggling that you're worried about, you want to get them plugged in. Absolutely. Joel would love to connect you with that for sure. You know, one thing I'd say too, Lance, you know, like youth ministers, one thing I so appreciate that a lot of them do so well is, you know, as they're working with their high school seniors and as, as their students are deciding where to go to school, really good youth ministers are so intentional about helping them connect in advance yeah. to, them, to healthy churches, to places that are going to continue to foster those things they're building into their lives. And I, I just say the youth ministers don't under, under, don't underestimate how much your kids will listen to you and that you can be a huge link in making that happen. And so that's that's a big deal. Absolutely. You point them, point them the right way. They'll probably follow. Yeah. Even if they say no, my kids do that. The ones that live in my house, it's like, Oh, dad's crazy. And then they do what I told them. So <laughs> maybe it's both. Um, man, Joel, thanks for that. We need to have you on again and talk even more about this stuff. Cause that's really good. And I, I can just imagine how helpful that would be. I'd love for you to speak directly to all the youth ministers we partner with about preparing their kids. I, I really appreciate what they do, man. It's, it's huge. And they, and they have tough jobs. They deal with a lot. It's very yeah. complex and really messy a lot of times. So, yeah, I've been telling them all that. I know their job is tough, but at least 2020 made it easy. You know, at least finally <laughs> they had a little break and they kind of caught their breath and just like, yeah, now get back to it. Cause 2020 was just a cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Okay, Joel. So on our podcast, when we have guests, which is really the only reason we have podcasts, because no one wants to listen to us, we have guests, and they share their stories, but we always make them do a rapid fire, we call it rapid fire. And these are questions that I'm just going to throw at you. And you just kind of kind of give me your, you know, first response, really. And um, I, I wrote these questions down. And I, I was trying to keep myself out of it because I, I cannot emphasize too much <laughs> how many stories Joel probably has uh, on me. 
And I'm not, we're not talking about that on the podcast today because it's recorded for all time. But if you, if you go to the Aggie BSM and you ask Joel to tell you a story about me, I promise you he will. And he probably won't ever run out. So do that and let me know that y'all had that conversation so I can try to tell my side of it. All right. So rapid fire. You ready? Hello? I'm ready. Oh, gotcha. I think. But, but. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Number one, what's, what's the best thing about growing up in Muleshoe, Texas? My mom and dad. All right. Maybe we'll get a couple new listeners right there. Just from that. That's awesome. My mom and dad. I'm glad you didn't say old Pete or whatever that was. And though you made me take a picture with that mule when we went to Glorietta. I remember that. I remember, I remember wearing the Russian hat you brought me too. So uh, I, I, I think there's a, I think there's a picture on your Facebook in the archives yeah. of you yeah. and Kim Stout in uh -huh. the Russian garb. Yeah, good yeah. times. Uh, what's your go-to order at Whataburger? Don't get this wrong. Honey butter chicken biscuit. Man, that's such a good one. Yeah, I I bought my oldest son a T-shirt that just says that. Honey butter chicken biscuit. <laughs> so great. So great. Um, what is, there's so many of these, but like a Texas high school mascot that you just think is strange or funny or weird. Well, you got the mule shoe mules. That's, that's pretty different. That's pretty different. It's also yeah. kind of like, yeah, see, see how they got there. Well, and then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, then there, there's the unicorns too. That's, yeah, New Braunfels. Is there yeah, another one? Or? Unicorn. That's that's a yeah. pretty unique name. So mythical creatures. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> In the heart of Texas. Yeah, there's so many funny ones, but unicorns is great for sure. I always, yeah, I always thought Hutto was funny. The hippos. Oh, yeah, the hippos. Absolutely. Yeah. You gotta love the hippos. What are you guys thinking? So, okay. Um, Mule shoe mules. That was, that's a good one for sure. Uh, what's the worst advice you ever gave a student? <laughs> oh, oh my, Lance, that's not even fair. <laughs> the worst advice I ever gave a student. Could have been me. Who knows? Uh, yeah, it's probably good to go out with that guy. That'll be okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, that's, I'm giving some bad advice, man. <laughs> well, I only ask you that because you've given a lot of good advice. But, and, and, and probably the more fair question is, what's some advice that you gave and a student ignored it and it turned out horrible? Because I bet that happens all the time. Everything I ever said to Darren Autry, he ignored. So probably in there somewhere um uh beach or mountains mountains okay i you know i wrote that down i was like you know he could go either way because mule shoes kind of you're getting close to the mountains <laughs> but there's so much sand uh, around you that like maybe it's exactly it's more comfortable so be, mountains for you mountains for me I, I have to drive forever to get there but yeah, yeah. i like that uh, what's the best book you read in 2020? Wow. Or one of them. Whew. Best book in 2020. 
I reread the Fuel and the Flame, and that that's that's a great book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was really good. Um, I just read. Um, I'm blanking on the name now. Dave Kinnaman wrote a book a few years ago, just talking about the changing times, and I'm blanking on the name right now. But he and Gabe Lyons do really good stuff. You know, they've done a lot of research and talking about how, as the church, we need to adapt hmm. and. To be, you know, how are we going to communicate the gospel in this culture? And they, um, in fact, Lyons has a new one out, and I'm blanking on the name of it. And it's it's a good book as well. It's some about um, Babylon, but it's but those guys are those guys are really they help me think, um, hopefully strategically. Lyons and what's the other guy's name? Kinnaman, Dave Kinnaman. Kinnaman. They did research together a number of years ago, and. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of these the works kind of spun out of the work they're doing so yeah well, if you think of that name or i'll try to find it we'll post it in our yeah, social media yeah, in the I'm comments not, sorry, i'm just i'm totally blanking no, that's fine yeah that's that's good that's uh we'll we'll figure it out and uh i, I like the classic yeah. fuel in the flame that's good very good what are your truest and most honest and heartfelt feelings about this year's college football playoff. <laughs> oh man, college football—it's such—it's such a scam as far as the playoffs go, man. Just let them play, man. Let them play. Get your top thirty-two or whatever, and just let them play it out, man. So that's if you, what. <laughs> if you're just tuning into this podcast right now, which would be very, very weird that you didn't start at the beginning. Joel's the BSM director in Aggie land. And so, yeah, there, there were a lot of disappointed Aggies. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just, at least get the top 16 and let them play, man. Yeah. Just, just scratching at a, a scab. Yeah. That's all. That's all I'm doing. Uh, Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Okay. I just, yeah. I'm, I, I'm well, that, I signed too much, man. He's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Only people that think LeBron didn't see Jordan play. It's, the only people so it's like how can he hang in the air that long yeah. ridiculous I know. ridiculous uh what's word association what's one word that comes to your mind when i say the word hoopties <laughs> my son's car <laughs> well, and he, this is the one at dbu actually he has a new car his old car is a his old car sure. is a hoopty. Yeah, yeah it's sitting in my driveway we can't move it yeah i would love for him to bring have his hoopty at yeah, dbu I think, just to... I think about all you guys at dbu man yeah <laughs> there, there were a lot of hoopties so so safe to say in a word association would be maybe it, morons idiots <laughs> <laughs> but man we had fun we had fun. Yes, 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 absolutely. So, 19 years at Aggieland, you 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 didn't graduate from A and M. You don't have. I'm assuming you don't have an Aggie ring, but you're kind of an Aggie now. So, I hope that's not. I hope that that's okay. Yeah, that's all good. Your favorite Aggie tradition. Hmm. I think muster. Yeah, they honor they honor Aggies that have died in the past year, and it goes back to the military, and it's a it's a pretty cool tradition. How yeah. how do they do that in a not a COVID world, normal normal world? Yeah. How do they do that in a normal world? Of course, they'll they'll 
you know, they have a large gathering here in the basketball arena, but they literally have musters all over the world where Aggies gather together. And, um, and it's, it's pretty cool. It's a neat, it's a neat tradition. Yeah. Yep. Neat tradition. See rapid fire. Not so bad. Yeah. Not, nothing hard. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I can't go after you. Cause you'll just, you got too much on me, Joel, <laughs> too much, bro. I'm so thankful that you gave me some time to jump on our podcast. I Mom. have no doubt this is going to help some people, students I, and youth I, ministers. I appreciate so much what you do, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's important. So thank you. Joe, I don't know what kind of music you like. You like dubstep? Is that probably one of your favorite types of music? I mean, I like George Strait, man. George Strait. So a little yeah. twang. Cause I like to, you know, bring in some music at the end of the podcast when I edit it. And I just want to make sure you're happy with it. Yeah. When, there you so go. Yeah. Maybe a little twang. George Strait will be awesome. So. Yeah. I can't do George Strait because of licensing and all that nonsense, but I'll definitely <laughs> bring in some twang. <laughs> all right, when you hear it, think of George Strait. I will. And uh, guys, for real, if you're in Aggieland, go find Joel Bratcher, ask him to tell you a story about me, and then get involved in what they're doing there. The ministry's amazing. Joel, let's cross paths soon. I need to get down there. I, COVID stopped me this year, but like I need to get down there. We need to reconnect. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for being all the things that you described as far as integrity and a leader, someone that mentored me and I could made. You had such a big impact on my life. You will never know until God tells you in heaven. And um, so incredibly thankful for you and your ministry. Thanks, Lance. I, I'll always, always be thankful for my DBU time, man. God blessed me with so many amazing students. Guys, you guys are the best. So. Good times back to being the DBU Indians Patriots or whatever all that. So <laughs> we lived in the transition. Man. We did it. We did it. My oldest son competed in Mr. Patriot this year. Did he really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. so good times. Right. Well, thanks, bro. We will uh, we'll connect again really, really soon for sure. Right. Thanks a lot.